Good afternoon, everyone. It's Thursday, and that means that the commish, Jay Farrell Elliott, which is me, is joined by the cash money brother, one Sean Ligon. That is him. Go ahead, Sean. Say hello. Hello, everybody. Buddy, I am so glad to be talking with you tonight because we have got a whale of a game. I feel like we're already here with a Thursday night matchup between Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. Sean, uh, there's so many questions about this game because there's so much fantasy relevance in it. I, I love everything these teams bring to the KFFSC except the aspect of playing defense. So both these teams are, are yeah. seems to be quite used to giving up over 30 points a game. Our boys in the desert have installed 57 as a total. I think, I think that's a little low. I think we might have that at the end of the third quarter. Uh, let's go immediately into what might be the biggest uh, question uh, is trying to predict what's going on in that Arizona backfield. You take Kyler Murray's rushing yards away. You're left with two running backs, uh, Drake and uh, uh, your uh, Edmonds. So what are you going to do, brother? Who is your guy? Well, the way I look at it, Chase Edmonds is still the primary pass-catching back. And this game, like you already said, tends to be a very high-scoring game. We saw what happened the last time these two teams hooked up in that thriller. Um, you know, more than likely, I just don't see where uh, the game script-wise favors Kenyon Drake. I would think it would favor Chase Edmonds. Cause, I mean, Chase Edmonds, because they're going to be in such a, a high-scoring game where more than likely – Arizona will be behind. They were down, let's not forget, they were behind 10 points in that last game with only a couple minutes left and pulled off the miracle. Wasn't that a wonderful ending to that to that, uh, to that contest? And I, two things uh, I took away from that game, and, and it, it, it's amazing in what happens with Kyler Murray once he beats the pass rush and gets beyond the line of scrimmage. You know, we've talked about – uh, quarterbacks that can run with the ball, and there are many in this league, and that's the shape of the way the position is going. But uh, Murray takes that to a different level. He can plan it. He can cut it. He has these evasive moves. It's almost like coming from a baseball uh, background. He and Mahomes share that same aspect of being able to do things off balance. That's something that – that uh, Fetch and I were talking about, you know, and all of athletics is all about balance and utilizing your physical skills to win. And uh, Murray certainly fits that role. So let's, let's take it. So in the Arizona backfield, you're going with Edmonds. I, uh, I, I remember in free agency this year when Edmonds became such a big, big play uh, where, where he was available. And I, I just have yet to buy into it. It'll be interesting to watch. Let's, before we get too carried away, let's look at the Seattle backfield. It returns a running back, but not the one everyone was counting on. Carson, it will not be available is my guess. They say he's going to be a game-time decision. You know how that goes on a Thursday night, Sean. So uh, we're looking at yeah. Carlos Hyde. Uh, returning to the backfield for Seattle. And Carlos Hyde has been a capable veteran player for this team. And, you know, we're here we are in week 11. 
Um, we can't talk anymore. There's nothing left to be said about fantasy football injuries. Everyone knows the running backs that are still on the shelf and more of them get put there every day. Uh, does Carlos Hyde have any fantasy value if you're trying to eke out 10 points out of the running back position? Oh, yeah, I definitely think he does. I mean, last time they played, he was the primary back. He had 15 carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Three catches, only for eight yards, but they still count for three more, three point eight more fantasy points. So I mean, you know, uh, a lot of guys having to start Jonathan Taylor's of the world, you know, J.K. Dobbins of the world. We'd love to have sixteen points out of our running back. Sure, you so would. This high score, in this high scoring of a game, I would definitely start Carlos. Hyde. You know, Carlos Hyde is uh, the nephew of uh, uh, our bartender at the event at Hard Rock in Cincinnati, Fred. And uh, so I'm always aware when Carlos gets drafted because Fred makes a big whoop over there in the corner. Uh, <laughs> and and so we're always and it's it's always if drafted at all this year, it was very late. So good value if you have the patience to. Uh, Hang on to Carlos Hyde. Good value, according to Sean tonight. Let's get to, they, you know, the receivers. Okay, let's just put it this way. Who has more fantasy points? Yeah. DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, boy. I, I like Hopkins just because it seems like Patrick Peterson may be stuck on Metcalf. That's kind of what happened last time. Uh-huh. And then Tower Lockett got all the – Got all the play last time. These two guys it t- didn't Tyler Lockett to, to get uh, double digit receptions last time we played here. Yeah, he, he, had, he had 15 catches last time. Isn't that incredible? 50, 50, fantasy, 50 fantasy points. It's uh, yeah, so if he gets half that, it'll be a big success for the evening. Uh, uh Metcalf is coming off the game, uh, where he was shut down uh, by Jalen Ramsey. There was no way to get the ball to him. Now he draws another tough. Uh, matchup and uh, you know Wilson benefits from the fact that he has uh, such an excellent receiver in in uh, both these guys so it's all like they're two number ones it's a one and a one a on the other side of the ball you know Hopkins uh, despite his six fantasy point game uh, two weeks ago Hopkins can do no wrong for fantasy players Um, anything you'd like to say about the Wonderful catch where he says he dunked on him uh, and, and went up and made the catch mm-hmm. over the over the three defenders. Well, as a as a as an owner of Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins on multiple Ooh. leagues, that was a very valuable player for me. So I, I just appreciate it. I'm very, I'm very <laughs> when you've already got that game, uh, when you've already got that game in the icebox and cooling and in the winning uh, winning column. And you're playing someone that has that combination of Murray and Hopkins. That play could have been quite unsettling, but for Sean Ligon, it was a motivating factor of shooting him up the scoreboards. It. Uh, well, the, where are we going to have to draft Kyler Murray next year? Where does he go? Is he the third quarterback? Well, is he the fourth quarterback, or does he does he challenge Mahomes for number one? I don't think he'll challenge Mahomes for number one. I do think. He probably overtakes Lamar for number two, though, unless Lamar just, you know, starts to come back to life again. It seems Lamar has been, you know, I think people are going to have a bad taste in their mouth if his season continues the way it has. 
And um, yeah, I think I think yeah, he he would switch places and be the number two guy. You know, the, the based on what we see tonight and based on what happens in that NFC West, the logjam of the teams six and three, and three of our very best, most entertaining teams who all do it in some way differently. Uh, the Rams uh, do it with a combination of defense and a, uh, a running back by committee and good receivers. Uh, Seattle does it uh, in an explosive way uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And there's, it's been a very tough defensive year for them. Uh, it's almost like watching a, uh, a Mountain West college game when Seattle's it's like who has the ball last and can your defense get one stop. But when you get to Arizona, uh, it, we have a real defense that's getting a little better here, Sean. Do you agree with that? Yeah, they, they seem to be the most complete team out of these three. Um, I, I would say the Rams probably, you know, also are a complete team. But but Jared Goff just seems to have something lacking that I just can't put my full confidence in Goff yet. So out of these three teams – to me, Arizona looks to be the one that, at least by the end of the year, could be the most complete. I, I kind of get what you're saying there. I You wait for a player to get into a role, to get into um, the, the proverbial groove. And uh, golf seems to stay at one speed all the time, you know, and it, it's uh, he, he seems to be consistent. And uh, he doesn't seem to make a terrible lot of mistakes. I would hate to label him as a game manager. But, uh, you know, we've talked before about how the head coach there has taken the foot off the gas in some of these games. There will be no feet coming off any gas tonight, Sean. Um, Hey, we got a win last week. Oh, my goodness. We picked a win. I am now two and three. You are now one and four. We staved off bankruptcy for our listeners for one more week. Seattle is the number is uh, slid around three, three and a half uh, all week long uh, as the favorite. Uh, to me, this Arizona team looks like it's going to be tough to turn away. This is a very difficult game to pick. And uh, well, whoever you pick, you can't have complete confidence is how I look at it. So with an introduction like that, Sean, you go ahead and tell us who's going to be the winner. Uh, it's the three-point point spread. That's what we're working with here. I just keep thinking back to the last time these two teams played. Now, I know that can be dangerous. That was an overtime uh, game, right? It was. But, but again, Seattle had the game one. They ran control up by 10, very little time left, and Arizona really pulled a rabbit out of their hat. Uh, Arizona's done that a few times. Um, they've got their, their record could be vastly different. In just a couple plays, they could easily, easily be four and five. I, I, I like the Seahawks here, and I actually like them pretty good tonight. So, Seahawks pretty good, according to yeah. Sean Ligon. That means that I have to make a pick with that wisdom that Sean Ligon has just allowed on us. I'm, I'm going to stay on the team. I'm going to go with Sean Ligon. I'll note that Fetch has, has uh, in a previous conversation, came in. Uh, with Seattle as well. However it goes, we're looking for a big, big fantasy weekend uh, to get kicked off with our Thursday night game. Sean, what do you need out of this game? I, I suppose that if you have any of the skill position players on these teams, they're a starter. Yeah, I don't know how you're sitting anybody out tonight. I can't imagine 
Well, every player that you, yeah. you know, Sean, every player that you look at here, um, one of the things that I noticed about it, Hopkins, he'll be drafted higher next year. Metcalf, higher next year. Lockett, yeah. higher next year. Wilson will be about the same. We've already talked about Murray moving up on the boards. Every player that you see here, We'll have fantasy relevance in our draft in 2021. Even the running backs uh, will find a place likely yeah. above and beyond what they were uh, in 2020. Uh, we're all looking above and beyond 2020, Sean. We'll talk with you Monday. The Oracle from Madisonville will return with us Monday night. we got a great Sunday night game. we got a great Monday night game. We'll begin the week with the wisdom of Sean Ligon, and we'll wrap it up. On Sunday night, on uh, Monday night, with the uh, Rams and uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Sean, thanks so much for coming in, and keep uh, uh, keep uh, that that standard bear for as the cash money brother. Okay. All right. See you later. Yeah.